We are getting to that point of the season where we're finding out which teams are legit and which teams are fake. This week, we discuss the winners and losers of Week 5, as well as look ahead to Week 6's top games for college football. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here is your host. What a game. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fan. Dan. Hey guys, so glad you could stop by today and discuss a little college football with me. I do apologize about not posting videos last week. I was feeling much under the weather to the point that I couldn't really record. My voice was really hoarse. And when you're doing a one-man show with a one-man band, it's hard to record when that happens. So I thank you for your encouragement and I thank you for your understanding. And hopefully that won't happen again in the near future. If this is your first time stopping by, we'd love for you to join our socials, which is at Show on Instagram, X, and Facebook. And if you like what we're doing, please subscribe to the show to be updated on future Superfan Dan Show content. Now, without getting far, far along in the show here, let's go into the Week 5 winners and losers of college football. My first winner of the week, I'll have to go with the Kentucky Wildcats. Props to them. They have a Florida team that's ranked coming in to Kentucky, and Devin Lurie did not have a good game. He had no interceptions, but he was 9 of 19 for 69 yards and a score. But Ray Davis earned his scholarship, his NIL money, whatever else he's getting. He deserved it. 26 carries, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. An average of 10.8 a carry. Florida could not stop that running attack. As Kentucky jumped out to a 16-0 lead at the end of the first quarter and did not look back in a 33-14 drubbing of formerly 22nd-ranked Florida Gators. They did a great job. They did a good job. They did what teams have to do against Graham Mertz. And that's if you make if you make Graham Mertz the primary ball player on the offense, he's not going to do well. Florida, in their huge win over Tennessee, had more rushing yards than passing yards. This game, their rushers had 42 yards and 29 yards in Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Graham Mertz, accuracy looked good, 25 of 30, 244. Only an average of 8.1, two touchdowns, one pick, QBR 57.6. Very pedestrian. Props to Kentucky, and they have a huge chance to make another statement next week against Georgia, which we'll get on to later on in the show. My first loser this week, just the entire Big Ten West as a whole. And this, they they just stink. <laughs> there's, there's no other way to go around it. This 
2023 version of the Big Ten West stinks, and I'm very glad that it'll finally be over after this year. Because, I mean, look at the scores of some of these teams. Nebraska, no shot against Michigan, 45-7 to loss. Penn State against Northwestern. North To Northwestern's credit, they did have a tie at halftime. But then Penn State just blew it open, 31 straight points, 41-13 win over Northwestern. Minnesota was only up 21 to 17 against Louisiana. Ended up winning 35 to 24, but it was very, very unimpressive win. Illinois, which some Big Ten pundits thought was going to win the West, is now 0 2 in the conference after losing to Purdue 44 to 19. And Iowa, and fun stat with Iowa, we'll get to them in a second. They did win 26 to 16. Lost their quarterback for the year to a really bad knee injury in McNamara. And now they have to start former Wisconsin quarterback, Deacon Hill. That's right. Iowa is starting former Wisconsin quarterback, Deacon Hill, for probably the rest of the season. And his statistics for the game, just not good. 11 of 27. For 115 yards, average of 4.3 a carry, one touchdown, one pick, and a QBR of 23.5. 23.5. Cooper DeGene, again, saves Iowa on special teams by returning a long kickoff punt return for 70 yards for a touchdown. And if we look at Brian Ference and what he has to do to average 25 a game, they're right now at 22.2 a game. That's it. That's 101st in the country. Good thing they're only allowing 16.8 a game for 22nd in the country. Or else this team might not have a win. So Iowa, they're one step closer to firing their offensive coordinator. Good luck to them. It's ugly. And the last team, Wisconsin, had a bye, so couldn't look bad. They haven't looked as hyped up as they should be, but at least they're winning their games. And that loss to Washington State does not look as bad now because Washington State has pulled off some impressive wins, including beating Oregon State by three points. So, But again, overall, Big Ten West, just an absolute pitfall this season. My next winner is a tight end of all places, Brock Bowers. He exploded in the fourth quarter. Auburn could not stop him. Of course, they also gave him 10 yards without anybody bumping him and did not really change up their game plan. Carson Beck, the quarterback for Georgia, 313 passing yards. Half of them went to Brock Bowers. Eight catches, 157, one score of 40 yards. He put the team on his back in that quarter because Georgia had no business winning that game. Auburn... Honestly, had the had the chance to win that game if they could cover one guy. Too bad that one guy is going to be an NFL draft pick, likely a first-round pick in next year's draft in Brock Bowers. So props to him and props to Georgia. My next loser are teams with injured quarterbacks that could affect playoff implications. One of them is Utah. Utah, unfortunately, has been dealing with Cam Rising injury all year from last year from tearing his ACL. And it's a tough injury to come back from. It's definitely not an easy injury. But you could tell the defense can only do so much in a 21-7 loss at Oregon State. 
And you look at the rest of Utah's schedule, and they play California on the 14th, so they get a bye week. Then they play USC and Oregon in back-to-back weeks, followed by a battle against Washington after playing Arizona State. They need Cam Rising back. They need Cam Rising back for the 21st against USC. If he doesn't come back, their chances for a playoff are gone, and it's a shame because this defense is playoff worthy, and the offense is just trying to hold it together, but they're out of luck. Um, another team that's having issues with injured quarterback is Kansas, and I just feel bad for them because this team has also had to deal with playing their backup quarterback, and. And Jason Bean, what great name by the way, but Jalen Daniel, Jalen Daniels is a really good quarterback, and the fact that Kansas doesn't have him hurts because they were in that game against Texas. They were down twenty to fourteen in that game, and if Daniels is the quarterback, they might win that game. But without him, the Texas defense stood strong, and Kansas has knocked itself out of contention of the Big 12. And, of course, the playoff, which they, their chances were low anyway, but they would have been a lot higher if they had Daniels as their quarterback. Uh, my next winner are actually teams that lost their games but showed that they had heart, and those teams are Duke and Colorado. Duke had a 14-13 lead against Notre Dame. They are tough to play at home this year. Just ask Clemson. Clemson got absolutely drubbed. Now, to Notre Dame's credit, they did have a 13-0 lead, but Duke fought its way back to make it 14-13, followed by an unbelievable play, quite honestly, by the Notre Dame quarterback, Sam Hartman. Fourth and 16, looking to throw downfield, runs off with it and scores a first down with them scoring in the next play on a running play. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Riley Leonard on Duke. He had put his heart on the table. Passing was not good, but he ran for 88 yards. They could not stop the running attack from the quarterback position for Duke. And on their chance to win the game at the end, Riley Leonard, really nasty-looking ankle injury. So I'm hoping he's okay because without him, it's going to be tough for Duke to be competitive in the ACC. But props to Notre Dame for staving off Duke, pesky Duke, and for staying well within the playoff discussion. And also, I also like Duke. I also like Colorado. Colorado, again, looked like they were going to be destroyed like they were against Oregon. They came back. They came back in their game. They made it a game. I have... Nothing but respect for Colorado not giving up. Now the defense just plain awful. But they only lost 48-41, scoring 14 unanswered in the fourth and outscoring USC 27-14 in the second half. Definitely a lot of promising things for Colorado. I think they're coming back down to earth finally. But if they can make a bowl game this year, give Coach Prime Coach of the Year in the Pac-12, going from one win to a bowl is fantastic for them. So props to Duke and Colorado. Loser, I have LSU. Defense is optional in that game. Babies could have scored on both of those defenses, but LSU could not get the job done, losing in an exciting shootout fashion by 55-49. to 49. Ole Miss outscored LSU 21-7 to in the fourth quarter. 
And with that, LSU, I think, is out of the playoff. Even if they went out, they lost to Ole Miss, and they've lost to Florida State, who I don't think is losing the rest of the year. So I think LSU just found its way out the door. And now just a lot of pressure on them just to win out, just to save Brian Kelly's job, as well as just these players in general. Now, we've gone through the winners and losers of Week 5. Let's look ahead to Week 6 on who I think is favored in the ESPN spread games on their app, College Pick'em. And the first one, this is going to be a fun one, Texas and Oklahoma in the Red River Shootout. Texas right now are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Last season, it was a 49 to nothing absolutely demolition of Oklahoma. The last games, though, have been really interesting. 55-48 Oklahoma, 53-45 Oklahoma in four overtimes, 34-27 Oklahoma, and 39-27 back in 2018. So outside of last year's absolutely drubbing of a 49-0, these games have been close, and these games have been competitive. I see this one as no different, but I see Quinn Evers coming out ahead of Dylan Gabriel, 42-35, to and having Texas cover that 5.5. But that should be a really fun game to watch. Next game on the list, we have Maryland and Ohio State. Ohio State finally turning the ball around. One on the last play against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Faces the Maryland team that's 5-0 and and honestly probably feels kind of slighted by the rankings because I think this team should be ranked with Talia Tugaviola and just how dynamic that offense can be with a defense that is frankly underrated. And this was a Maryland team last year that was only three points behind Ohio State in the fourth quarter. Ohio State got a late field goal and then a late touchdown on the last play of the game on just some fumble where Maryland was trying to do a million lateral play. But Tug of Iola last year, 293 yards passing, two touchdowns. If you look at the yardage last year, it was 4-2 to 4-1. Maryland had one turnover, which killed them, and time possession was almost split 50-50. So if Ohio State starts struggling again early, Maryland could find its way into an upset. Um, I see Maryland. I don't see Ohio State covering the 17 and a half. I do see them winning though, 45 to 34. I just think being at Ohio State, this is a lot harder for Maryland to win. But I think they can make it interesting. So it should be a lot of fun to watch that game as well. A lot of fun games uh, next week. Uh, next we have Wisconsin playing Rutgers. R- Wisconsin 13 and a half point favorites. They need to keep getting out to fast starts like they did in their last game, which will only benefit the team in the long run. I have Wisconsin winning this game against Rutgers, 31-14 and covering. Next up, we have fifth-ranked Florida State facing Virginia Tech as 25.5-point home favorites. This is a team that struggled against Boston College, had its struggles at Clemson, which was basically Clemson's last gasp to try to make the playoff and make a run at the ACC. So I'll give Florida State some slack on that. But I think Florida State just unleashes its demons. They're a lot better than this, obviously. I think they will win 49-21. to Next up, we have Drake May and the North Carolina Tar Heels, 14th ranked as 9.5-point favorites against Syracuse. 
Again, I see Drake May having no issues with Syracuse. I see them winning 38-24. to Syracuse scores a garbage-time touchdown at the end. Um, next, we have the team we talked about earlier as one of our losers. That's Kansas, just with Daniels and the rough time he's had with his back. Uh, unfortunately, he has not practiced yet this week as far as the recording of this podcast. Uh just rough. Kansas are three and a half point favorites. U- UCF did blow a huge lead against Baylor. I see Kansas still winning this, even if their backup plays in Bean. I see them winning by a score of 28 to 24 in a tightly contested matchup. And next, we have one of the most interesting games in next week as well. Number one, Georgia playing at home as 14 and a half point favorites against 20th ranked Kentucky. This game is simple for Georgia. Stop Ray Davis, you probably win. Don't stop Ray Davis, you're in for a long haul and a chance at an upset. If you're Kentucky, guard Brock Bowers. (laughs) If you don't guard Brock Bowers, you're in trouble, as Auburn found out. I have this as a really close contest. I have Georgia winning 35-31 to in a nail-biter. Next up, we have Michigan as a road favorite against Minnesota by 19 and a half. And Michigan is on the precipice of something special. Their first five games this season, they have scored more than 30 points and have allowed less than seven in each football contest. There's only two other teams in college football history that have met that statistic. 1993 Florida State, which was an absolute beast of a team, and 1979 Alabama. Those two teams I mentioned, who had that, those same stat lines through five games, won the national title those seasons. If Mich- Michigan has a chance to win that title this year if they keep up their dominant performance. I think they continue by beating Michigan 45-14 to as the Big Ten West completely and still continues to fall apart. Next up, we have a team that's 17th ranked and undefeated in the Miami Hurricanes. This team showing a lot of heart. Props to props to them. Props to Tyler Van Dyke. He's thrown 11 touchdowns to one pick with 74% completion percentage. Henry Parrish is averaging 8 yards a carry. Donald Cheney Jr. is averaging 7 yards a carry. And Xavier Restrepo and Jacoby George are 355 yards, 292 yards receiving, and two and six touchdowns between them respectively, as well as Colby Young getting three touchdowns on receiving. I have Miami completely just destroying Georgia Tech by a score of 35-13. to 13. And lastly, we have Oregon State and DJ Uniangale against California's nine-and-a-half point favorites. I have Oregon State continue with their winning ways with a 34-17 road win against Cal. But the most important question is, is what do you guys think? Do you agree with my Week 5 winners and losers? And do you agree with my Week 6 picks? Or am I off? Well, I would love to hear your opinions on our social media pages, which will be Fandan Show, which will be on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, I'm so thankful for you guys joining us this week, and we hope to see you again next week here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name.